It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Okay, we are on. Yeah, we're on. All right. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Film Festival Radio Show here Saturday, August 28th. The month is over. Oh, my goodness. It's done. It's a wrap. But we got through it. We got through it. And uh, say, how are you doing? You, you, everybody's okay, I hope. I'm okay. I've had a pretty busy week. But other than that, things are good. I think... Uh, Things are going to be even better as the weekend progresses on starting right now with Film Festival Radio Show. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Want to get to this announcement for you. Um, big things going on. Always something big going on in Vegas. What am I saying? Of course. Uh, the 21st Annual Nevada City Film Festival started yesterday and goes all the way through September 12th. This is a nice, long, big, fat, juicy film festival. I love those big film festivals like this. Um, 21st. They've been doing this for a while and they are saying this year, this is one of their strongest, most ambitious, inclusive film festivals that they've had in their 21 years of being a film festival. Fans yesterday, again, it started yesterday. So you can go uh, click on NevadaCityFilmFestival.com. It's all online and you will be able to see AT. Eight zero plus award-winning films, uh, ranging from film shorts to full-length feature films, and these are films from around the world. And you can do so right there in the comforts of your own home. Can't get any better than that. You can have just build your own theater background with the popcorn and the beer and the whatever, whatever, or the Kool-Aid or whatever it is that you like. And, you know, it's super easy, just like, you know, we do our Netflix and Hulu and all that same, same thing, same rules apply. Um, again, NevadaCityFilmFestival.com is the website. It's going on right this minute as we speak all the way to September 12th. And we are working diligently to get a spokesperson from the festival to be on the show uh, a week from today. It'll just still, it'll still be going on. So we're going to work really hard to get someone because they've been really, really busy. So again, it's the Nevada City Film Festival. And go to the website, nevadacityfilmfestival.com. Get your virtual tickets, passes, and just kick back and enjoy. In case if you don't want to uh, get out and do something outside, but we can do that too. Or you can do, you know, see it on your phone while you're jogging. You know, sometimes when I go jogging, I actually have TV shows and films on my phone while I'm running. Don't ask me how I do that. Or no, the question is, why are you doing that? But it's, it's done. I, it's just me. But anyway, um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will have our very first guest for this week's show. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
you're listening to Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone. Okay. Reminder, you are listening to me, Janice Malone, on Film Festival Radio Show right here in Las Vegas. And our email address is info at filmfestivalradio.com in case you would like to drop us a line to say hello. I'm going to find out, I don't know, let's see how we're running on time. If I have enough time, I have a couple of auditions that I'd like to share with you, like we always do. Well, we'll see. We'll see about the time here. But first of all, I've got to bring you our first guest here. You are familiar with our first guest, uh, especially if you are a fan of Downton Abbey. Yes. Who isn't a fan of, I, you know what, when I lived in Nashville, I had friends who loved that show so much. They used to dress up in full costume sometimes and have like viewing parties at each other's houses. I mean, they were really, really into it. I just, I was there just for the hors d'oeuvres, but it was, you know, some people really got into it. But anyway, uh, my first guest is Robert Bathurst, who starred as Sir Anthony. Remember Sir Anthony on Downton Abbey? Yes. Well, he is a, Robert is a very distinguished uh, British television and stage actor, and he has performed all over in, in film, TV, just so much stage, all of that. Well, he is about to come on board here to talk to us about being the narrator in a Louise bestselling author. Let me put that out there. New York Times bestselling author, Louise Penny. And uh, if you are familiar with her novels, and I'm sure obviously millions of you are because she's on the New York Times bestseller list repeatedly. Well, Louise has a brand new novel, The Madness of Crowds. This is her 17th book. And this is her seventh time of being on the New York Times uh, bestseller list here. And, um, so our guest, Robert Bathurst, he does the narration for the character of Chief Inspector Armand Gamache. And this, again, he returns for the madness of crowds in the same uh, audio character, the voice of uh, in the inspector. And the madness of crowds is available right this minute in your favorite bookstores or wherever it is that you get your books. And uh, if you are, again, a fan of Louise Penny's 17 novels, seven times on the New York Times bestseller list for um you know, these types of uh, books here, you can find this one as well. The Madness of Crowds is the latest one. Robert Bathurst has won uh, the the uh, Audi, A-U-D-I-E, Audi, I should say, not Audi, like the car, Audi Award for Best Male Narrator for the brilliant job that he does as the uh, narrator for these novels. And so he's back again with uh, in- the Chief Inspector Amand here in the madness of crowds. So he is on board here. He, I understand he will be calling us or he is calling us. Like, no, that was just, it just blinked one time. Okay, they'll call back. Uh, anyway, he is calling us all the way from England, his uh, home base. And so now there he is. Okay, so let's bring Robert on board right now, Robert Bathurst, to talk to us uh, about, once again, uh, being the star of the audio version of Louise Penny's latest spellbinding novel, The Madness of Crowds. And let's bring him on board, like right this minute before we lose him again. 
You are now on the line with Janice. Well, good afternoon, Robert. How are you this afternoon? Hi, Janice. Hello. Good afternoon. Hello. Thank you. Is it, is it afternoon for you or is it morning? So we're creeping it's, into the afternoon for you. It's kind of creepily going into the afternoon here in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> does, does anything creep in Vegas? Uh, no. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> well, uh, of course, you are calling us all the way uh, from your beautiful home country over in England. And so it's just an honor to chat with you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on. Okay, well, here we are. You are back in the in the, the wonderful world of uh, best-selling novelist uh, Miss Penny here. Uh, I understand this is your, what is this, like seventh, sixth or seventh time uh, doing the vocals for her, her award-winning books? And, and what is it like for you? Yes, it's the seventh of the books I've done in succession now. It's the 17th book in the series. Uh, Ralph Cosham um, did read the first ten, and then sadly he died, and uh, they needed someone to take over. So yeah, it's, just, it's the seventh of the uh, of the books that I've done, and uh, she, I mean, seventeen in, and still, still, really at the top of her game. It's fantastic what she's doing with the with the Three Pines Inspector Gamache series. And of course, the current one is the Madness of Crowds. Uh, so, what did what, in your opinion, you you've worked uh, these projects and does such a wonderful job. You're nominated for three Audi Awards, among others. What do you think is, is the secret to why uh, these characters in these books are so appealing to fans all over the world? Well, uh, yeah, they have. Um, she has got some enormous following. And um, obviously in, in the print form and uh, also in the, in the audio book form, I'm pleased to say. Um, what is it that about them? Well, she, she, she writes uh, a mystery thriller, a, a, a cop show, a cop thriller, really. But it's more than that. And it sort of, it sort of it takes it away from it. It's not just a sort of procedural police mystery, police investigative thing. It's, um, it's, it, and it's rather difficult to say this because it, cause it's rather unfashionable, but it sort of underpins also the sort of mystical quality to it. I wouldn't put it too heavily, but there is, without a, with a, with a small S, a sort of spiritual quality to them in that there is a sort of deep underlying goodness uh, emanating from the main character, uh, Armand Gamache, who is you know, complicated, rough, um, really tough and, and brave um, uh, police person. But, but he's, there is under, underneath it, there is a sense that, that despite the, all the terrible things that happen in life, and certainly in Three Pines and the village in which uh, most of the, a lot of the action is set, uh, there is ultimately the, the possibility, wherever you've been in life and wherever low you've sunk, of redemption. And and so it takes takes an additional quality. To, it takes it, I think, beyond a lot of um, procedural stuff and uh, makes it something that people really engage with and, and uh, swing along with. And the characters are superb and it's brilliantly constructed. What is the secret to doing narration like this and making it a, such a success that you've done? Do you have any tips or, or what is your secret for having so much success with this? <laughs> it's a huge responsibility to, to be a narrator for a book because you are the conduit, you're the, you're the link, you're the sort of the golden thread between the author and the, and the listener. 
Um, if, if it's in print form, someone will read it and they will employ their own imagination to, 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 to work out uh, how, they, how much appeal the, the book has. But the, the, the narrator has, a, has a, an additional... You think, no, with a narrator, with an audiobook, there's someone in the way. There's someone in danger of, of getting in the way between the author and the audience. And so in one sense, as a, as a narrator, you've got to um, sort of surrender anything about yourself and, but also be on the front foot to, to engage and to squeeze the language and to, to make sure that the, um, uh, the characters sound plausible and, 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 the, and that the language makes sense and that the, the rhythms that Louise Penny has written are, are adhered to because you know, the sentence structure is, is really important, but you mustn't make it sound like a technical exercise. And you've got to make it breathe and, and engage. And so most of all with a, with, a, with a narrator, I think, it's just don't be annoying. <laughs> don't be annoyed. Don't, 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 don't put people off. Engage. Draw them in. Bring them along. Bring them along for the ride. And, and that be the link between the author and your, and your ears. Don't be annoying. That's funny. Okay. So to remember that. <laughs> well, now, um, as you mentioned, uh, as we all know, Louise Penny, this is our 17th uh, book here. So are there any personal Louise Penny novels that you personally uh, just love, even before you started working with these books? Well, each of them, uh, each of the ones I've, I've worked with, and I've uh, read some of the earlier ones, but um, I, I think, oh, I think, I think um, Glass Houses is probably one of the favorites. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed them all, um, and they take on big themes and, 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 and bring them the sort of micro level of, of three pines or the or the, or the the people who are affected by it, but uh, I have to say that the, the sort of opioid um, crisis that has found its way to the UK was was obviously uh, up and running um, before it reached us. And uh, she she posted and she often does post issues and things like that that are happening in societal issues that are happening um, uh, long before uh, sleepy Brits get hold of it. But uh, so glass houses. Um, I love that one. Uh, All the Devils Are Here last year, the, the one I did last year, came out last year, um, was set in Paris, and that was the first time that the series has, has left the uh, North American continent. And um, so, and, and that was really, really and that, that was a, a really, really good book as well. But they are so well constructed, and what I do is every, every recording, I always ask the engineer, who did it? Who's done it? Come on, tell me you've done it. And I ask them, um, about halfway through and about two quarters of the way through, and, and just before the end, I say, "Who done it? Who done it? Come on, tell me!" And, <laughs> and they always got it wrong, and they always get it wrong, and uh, and that is just a, a sign that she's completely in control of the structure and the characterization and the, and, the, and 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 the plausibility of all the, the various strands that she draws together. Um, so it's a really fine fine work. And all the way through, I mean, that's with all the last seven books that I've read, I've done that. And uh, consistently, they, they just don't pick it. Well, i got a last question here. About how long, uh, you generally, does it take to do the narration, the recording, uh, for one of these books? I try and do about 80 pages a day. And um, we sort of start, we have a lot of uh, the longest day, because, I mean, your, your mind starts to fry. So um, I go from about... 11 or 12 to 6 with breaks and I'm working with the director it's really important there's a collaboration between uh, myself and, and Louis and Lorelai King who is a, a, a 
fine voice artist in her own right, award-winning and everything. And uh, but she's also a really good director. And so between us, we we collaborate through the day. And I try and do about 80, 80 pages a day. And so might do it in about um, you know, four, you know, six days or so, six six long sessions. Wow, that's a lot of work there. Well, okay, again, the Madness of Crowds just released a big celebration parties going on this week for, for the release, or what? Yes, I mean, uh, Louise, uh, Louise Penny is, is doing a whole series of uh, uh, publicity events, and uh, she's, she's, I'm taking part in one, actually, on Sunday. I'm, I'm, she's going to be at a bookstore in, I will remember where it was. Anyway, it's on Facebook, actually. She's got a whole series of events. She's talking to Larry Greenspan, I think, tonight and various other people uh, through the week and uh, and we have a chat and we talk and we discuss it and I'm not quite sure what the structure is. We'll just sort of, um, you know, run free like we're doing at the moment and just see see, see what happens. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be at a bookstore and all the proceeds from the tickets for that will go to the bookstore. And uh, it's a good way of, um, of, 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 you know, time when she can't do the, 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 the big in-person tours so freely. Um, to, uh, to to get the word out, and uh, so it's all online. You can go to Louise Penny on Facebook and uh, see where, see what she's doing tonight and what she's doing for the rest of the week, and uh, I'll be there on Sunday. Wonderful! I know they're gonna before they cut me off. Of course, we know you and loved you um, as Sir Anthony. Of course, on Downton Abbey. Uh, can you tell us what's next as far as acting on the screen for you? Well, I just directed a short film, um, which was going into the LA Shorts Festival and the Toronto Independent Film Festival, uh, and it's uh, co-directed it with a former jockey. It's about uh, jockeys and the pressure that they're under uh, in the light of two jockey committees who sat last year, and uh, he wanted to write something about that, and I said we'll make it a drama rather than an information film. And um, so we, we, we worked on it together, and we shot it, and um, we're putting it into festivals. So it's, um, it's called The Fall. And uh, it's 20 minutes, and uh, so I'm uh, you know, really, really, really proud of it. And so we'll see how that goes. Wonderful. Well, Robert, again, thank you so much. I never would have thought I've got to actually talk with the Sir Anthony, but we have you here. <laughs> and again, the well, new. Well, thank you, Lady Janice. Thank you very much. Oh, wonderful. I'm a lady now. Okay. <laughs> but again, the book is The Madness of Crowds, of course, by Louise Penny. And uh, we will see you in. Louise, at the bookstores and everywhere that you release uh, upcoming projects. We'll see you see you then. Thanks very much. Okay. To talk to you. Take care then. Bye-bye. Okay, we are back here on Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. And uh, that brings me to our next guest here. Uh, I'm just looking forward to talking with him. He's a really, really funny guy. And uh, you've seen him. Yeah, you've seen Stephen Kramer Glickman. Stephen Glickman. He is now one of the principal stars of the new family movie. It's a comedy family movie titled... Tales of a Fifth Grade Robin Hood. <laughs> what a cute title. Anyway, it started yesterday, so and it is available on T Tubi, T-U-B-I, the app. I'm 
T-U-B. Everybody's got Tubi. If you don't, you can go get it. Go get it. I've had it. And you know what? When I said earlier about sometimes I'm running and I've got a movie on my phone, lots of times is from Tubi or some of the TV shows. And I just like listening to them. It, well, that's my, my issues. But Tubi is a really cool app. Go to your favorite place, where you, whether you're iPhone or whether you're Android, wherever you get your apps. Go to Tubi, T-U-B-I, and you can see this film. It's one of their original movies, original content. A lot of these, you know, companies, Hulu's and all of them, they're doing, of course, their own original uh, films and television shows now. And this is one for Tubi. And as I said, it premiered yesterday. And it stars our guest, Stephen Glickman, along with John Lovitz. Oh, man, you know, anytime John Lovitz is on something, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be funny. It's going to be hilarious. And so, but anyway, these are two of the principals. And of course, there's the whole full cast. But uh, Stephen is... We're waiting for him to call in. It should be like any 10, 15 seconds. So let me hurry up and start um, wrap this up. Okay. Um, Stephen, Canadian-born American comedian, actor, musician. I heard he's quite a musician. We're going to get to ask him about that. And he's also um, the host. He's a podcast host of the Nighttime Show podcast. That's the name of his show, the Nighttime Show. You may already be listening to it. But uh, he is best known for his role as Gustavo Rock on the Nickelodeon sitcom Big Time Rush. Remember that show? Your kids probably remember it. Well, that's that was Steven playing as Gustavo. And um, again, he is in the current uh, Tales of a Fifth Grade Robin Hood. And if you want to go catch his web, his uh, podcast he where he's the co-host by the way I said host but I should have said co-host it's called the nighttime show and I uh, just find it wherever fine podcasts are created that's what we do so I understand we have a green light blinking 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 and that is Stephen Kramer Glickman and so let's bring Stephen Kramer Glickman on board right now to get all up in his business about being one of the stars of Tales of a Fifth Grade Robin Hood that is airing right now on Tubi. So let's bring him on right now. Janice, you're always Stephen. All right. Hello, Stephen. Good afternoon. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great, Stephen. How about yourself here? Doing great. Doing great. Well, Stephen, you've got this 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 thing called Tales of a Fifth Grade Robin Hood. What a title. What a title. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I don't want to give away, of course, too much about it, but tell everybody what is the tale of a fifth grade Robin Hood all about and just how do you fit into this story? Well, absolutely. Look, um, this is a family-friendly uh, film. It's, uh, it follows a, the story of a, a young boy uh, in an underfunded school uh, that r raises money and then has the money stolen by the vice principal, who's played by John Lovett. Oh, yes. And he's, like, stealing it so that he can use the money to, like, build himself a, a big mansion and, you know, and a bunch of other secret things that he's trying to do. And he gets his, uh, his lackeys to like help him 
you know, kind of, uh, you know, you know, fix the, you know, fix the situation so, so that, no, that they won't get in any trouble with the police or getting any problems with the kids or whatever. And of course, uh, he needs a security guard. You know, he needs somebody. You know, he needs some muscle. So they bring me in. I'm the security. I play the security guard of the elementary school, and uh, he uh, he has me. Uh, you know, do his bidding. So I'm constantly taking direction from John Lovitz of, of what of what I should be, you know, doing. And I'm very bad at my job. Uh, very, very bad at it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it, it got you know. I'll tell you, it has some Home Alone vibes. Ah, you know, okay, it has, okay. Has like Home Alone kind of at a at an elementary school, which I love. Well, anything that John Lovitz is. A part of is always a lot of fun, as we all know. He's just such a cool actor. He's been ever since his Saturday Night Live days, and before then, he's just always a, a, just a blast. So, what was it like working with him? Oh my God, just uh, ridiculous, ridiculous. <laughs> he, we would be in the middle of, you know, um, you know, shooting, and he would, he would, we'd be about to film. Uh, about to roll, and, and he would say, uh, uh, I just spoke to the director, and he said, I'm better than you in every way. Isn't that rude? You know, like he would say, he was constantly messing with me at every turn. He would try to make me laugh during takes, and then he would get mad at me for laughing. You know, he was just the funniest, strangest, uh, most hilarious guy I've, I've, I think I've ever worked with on a set. Like he was just brilliant the entire, the entire way through. And he'd make up songs about me. <laughs> uh, can make, you can <laughs> you sing some of them? One of them? <laughs> um. Yeah. Like I think at one point he said, uh, he said, um, uh, uh. <laughs> Uh, Stephen has made a lot of money in acting, but I have made so much, much, much more. <laughs> oh, John! Uh, and then he would turn to the like little kids in the sh- in the show who are like ten. You know, like there was little children. He would just go. He'd go. Isn't it funny? You and I have the same job. <laughs> You know, the kids would be like, okay, you know. Um, yeah, he's, he just, he kept me in stitches the entire way through uh, nine days, ten days of filming, something like that. And it was just, it was, it was hilarious. That was sounds great. so like, so much like him, what he's made us laugh all these years. It's just so classic John Lovitz. My goodness. Yeah. It's really good. Well, you seem to have a very special knack for working with kids and on projects, young people, because as we all know, uh, we remember you from Nickelodeon sitcom Big Time Rush as Rock. Sure. And so now you've got this project. So uh, you, you know the old saying, what is the old saying that actors say about working with kids and animals, how they can upstage an actor? So what is your secret for successfully working with kids like this? I mean, I think, you know, um, 
the reason that I get cast a lot to, to you know, to be in uh, kid projects, and I usually end up playing the bad guy in the kid projects, is because I'm, like, I kind of look like and sound like what a kid would imagine a villain would be in, like, a cartoon. Like, I'm... A very, I'm like I'm not like a serious villain. Like I've never been cast to play the bad guy in anything adult with adults. It's all I always get cast to play like the you know the blowhard, the big loud obnoxious you know uh, kind of bad guy. And uh, I've done it at Disney Channel, at Nickelodeon, uh, Warner Brothers, and uh, and now uh, over at Tubi. Like it just keeps happening again and again. Um, and I, th- I think it's, it, there's a bit of my personality that it's like, you can't take me super seriously. I'm a little, I'm a little too silly. Uh, but I still kind of have like a funny, like hilarious, intimidating kind of thing about me, which is maybe that's why, I don't know. Um, working with actual, uh, working with the actual kids though on the set uh, the, the, the secret to working with kids is to treat them on set um, with respect that they have been cast to do this job, uh, but also treat them like kids, you know, like, you know, like, you know, make them laugh, have, you know, you know, like listen to them when they have funny stories or things that they want to talk about and, uh, and just try to, you know, um, you know, then perform opposite them like they're an act, like they're a real actor. Like if you treat them, you know, you know, if you treat them when you're performing with them, you know, like, like you look down on them or you're, you, you talk down to them, they, they, you know, they can, they can tell and it's going to be terrible. So you, I think you, as long as you treat them with respect as an actor and then as a person, you treat them like like you would a kid that you you know like a you know like a cousin or something. You just try to try to make them feel comfortable and 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 feel uh, secure in the work that they're doing. You know, you just got to be supportive. So, what was it like um, shooting tales of a fifth grade Robin Hood um, amidst this pandemic? Uh, how did you guys work work around all of that? Oh, I mean, we got tested. Um, I think it was every day or almost every, it was every other day we were getting tested. Um, everyone had to wear masks the entire time un- until you, they're about to call, you know, action. And then you, you take your mask off. Um, uh, that's how it was for the first half of filming. And then the mandate started changing. And then we, we didn't have to wear masks as much on set, but we still had to get tested every day. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that, that's, yeah. what, what did you say? It was nine days of shooting, was it? Nine days of shooting. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. No, no, it was wonderful. I yeah. loved it. I mean, it felt so good to be back on set. I mean, my God, I mean, after a year of not being able to work on TV or movies, you know, to, to jump back in and, and get to work with funny people. And, you know, it was, it was awesome. I loved it. So what, what are some of the things that you did during the whole total shutdown last year? Um, I did a lot of different things. I got into, 
furniture building and I started building, uh, you know, tables and, uh, so I took a, a note from, I'm friends with a, this guy, Nick Offerman from, uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. And I kind of took, took a note from him on, on like learning how to build stuff. So I built a, a bunch of tables and some, uh, some bookshelves and some wow. cabinets and stuff like that. And got, got into that, which was really nice and, uh, and relaxing, you know, uh, to, to do at home. And, um, I, uh, I also sat at the piano and, uh, would play all, like all day into the, into the evening. And I would do these live streams on TikTok and, and, um, you know, like I have like 30, 40,000 people tune in to like, a a music, you know, evening of, of playing piano, taking song requests and singing for people. And it was, uh, it was great. And then uh, weirdly enough, it actually attracted some attention of some, some pretty serious producers. And I ended up working with, um, the producer of U2 and, um, what? worked on an album and, and put out a music album, um, during the pandemic of just cover songs and, uh, <laughs> to, to make a long story short, one of the cover songs I posted on TikTok went viral and did 200 million plays. What? What's and, the name of the song? Yeah. It was, uh, it was called Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. Um, I know that song. It was sung by CeeLo Green, and uh, CeeLo ended up reaching out to me, and um, we have been talking, and most likely we'll, we'll be uh, doing some shows together, be doing um, some music together. So it, it's been, that was a super shocking kind of uh, uh, change of, pace for me because normally you know i'm just going from movie to movie and acting and there's nothing i could do so i just was like i guess i'll just take all my energy and put it all into music and that's what i went to school for i went to school for music so okay uh, music acting it was nice to use another skill you know so you so now you and CeeLo green will be working on an upcoming new project music project together well, not exactly. Um, there's a there's a possibility that I may get to open for him. Uh, That's even better in the in the next few months. So as long as COVID uh, complies and stops mm-hmm. ruining everything, uh, then uh, then hopefully we'll be able to do a show together. But yeah, but that's what we've been talking about. Wow, Stephen, that's awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. That is, I mean, some of the actors and actresses that I've been talking to, I'll say, hey, what did you do during the lockdown? Oh, I grew a garden. I caught up on cleaning my closet up. No, Stephen, you went and got 200 million downloads, went viral, and you end up working with CeeLo Green. Oh, my, can't you just have a normal shutdown like everybody else? Goodness. Yeah, I, look, I'm a little bit of a weirdo, you know. Um, I, I I like I like working a little too much and um, and making stuff, and I just couldn't sit still. Like, I mean, I didn't leave the house, but I couldn't I couldn't 
I mean, I look, I did what everyone else did. I spent a month watching uh, uh, The Sopranos. I think I watched every episode of The Sopranos back to back, you know. Oh, that's a good and, um, and then uh, after that was over, I was like, well, now what the hell am I supposed to do? You know, like, I can't. I can't, I, I think I've caught up on everything, you know? <laughs> and uh, and then I was like, all right, we'll give this a shot. I'll just start start making music and trying out other stuff, you know? Oh, my goodness. What That was just amazing. Because I was going to ask you what came first for you, uh, music or acting, but you said you went to school for music. So, obviously, the music came first. Yeah, I mean, you know, music, came, music and... Um, I started playing the piano when I was God, three years old, three, four years old, something like that. And then have played my, my whole life. Uh, and then I uh, started doing musical theater, uh, you know, where I was doing like um, about four musicals a year from the time I was in the, but the second grade. Mm. And then um, from that, I went to school from musical theater and, and acting in, in New York and graduated there. And then uh, my first big job was playing Shrek in Shrek the Musical on Broadway uh, for all the Broadway workshops and readings of Shrek the Musical. I got to work uh, with like Jeff Katzenberg and David Geffen and all these amazing people on, on Broadway on this big show. And that led me to Big Time Rush. That was, you know, that ended and Big Time Rush started. So, you know, like, it's one of those things that's always kind of been around in my life. But, you know, when, when you have a pandemic and you go through a breakup and you change your whole, your whole life gets flipped upside down, you're like, you try to find the things that ground you. And the thing for me was, was uh, music. So that became a big thing. And then, and then, uh, honestly, when uh, the opportunity to do a movie came about, especially a movie with Tubi, where they're, like, brand new at, like, at like making original films. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, like, one of their first, you know, original films. I just jumped at it because then, you know, there's going to be so much room to play and have fun and, and, you know. And then, you know, the kids and work with Love It. All positives, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had the 2B app for a while now. So I enjoy looking at their their movies and such on my phone for some reason. I just love it. It's fun to just... Yeah, it can be so cool. Yeah, yeah. When I'm sitting under the hairdryer, I can well, let me put up my 2B app here and get going. But, uh, yeah, I understand this is their first uh, original summer film again tales of a fifth yeah. grade robin hood um uh, this is i got two more last questions here so i know a lot of actors in talking with them sometimes you guys don't see the actual finished product until the general public gets to see it so in your case you've all have you already seen the whole finished product of the film or what i have i've already seen it yeah i just i just watched it last night Oh, okay. So, what did you think of yourself and everybody else? <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really a very sweet and very cute movie. Oh. It made me laugh a lot. There's a lot of things that we did on set 
that we improvised and came up with like on the spot. Um, weird little, you know, weird little funny moments that Lovitz and I, you know, were, you know, little jokes we would come up with. And then you just kind of go, I wonder if that'll make it in. And they all, they, they're all in there. They're all, okay. all of the, like the funny, silly stuff made it into the movie. So that makes me really happy. That, that, that was really great. Well, this is my last question. Um, and you, uh, only you could answer this because you are, I understand you're originally from Canada. Mm-hmm. Now you're in LA, of course. Why is it that it seems to be like a years and years running joke of a lot of comedians will say, yeah, these guys from Canada, they, they're, they're coming here and these Canadians, you know, they're, they're, you know, they, they said in a loving way, but it's funny. They're, they're taking our jokes and they're taking this and that, these Canadian actors. What is that about? Hey, listen, it's cold up there. There's nothing to do. You know, we just sit around trying to make each other laugh. Um, my, uh, my aunt and uncle just came to visit yesterday. Uh, they were here at my place and we had a little party with my family and stuff. And my uncle, who is like, uh, what's it called? A stock trader guy is funnier than 90% of the stand-up comedians I know in Los Angeles. They're just funny because it's cold and there's nothing to do, and they've been pushed to the limit of of what it's like to be alive. I think that's why uh, Canadians are so can be so funny. And I mean, I mean, we've got a lot of a them. We've lot got a, of them. A, a lot of very famous, uh, you know, um, actors and and funny people in America are uh, are are uh, Canadians, and I, I think that's the reason why. I think it's because. We've been we've we've been pushed to the limit <laughs> of our sanity in Canada. Well, you guys do. It's a long, impressive list of successful Canadian, uh, funny people, serious actors, uh, and actresses. Of course, you guys are really you really are. So, do you have a personal oh, favorite? Yeah, you guys, you really the work speaks for itself. But do you have a personal favorite? A Canadian comedian or two? Oh, I mean Jim Carrey, of course. Oh, well, know. yeah. Jim is uh, is is a he's a national treasure. <laughs> or I mean Ryan Reynolds, Ryan too. Oh, I mean Ryan, unbelievable. He's an unbelievably funny person, and um, like you know he's yeah yeah yeah. Can I mean? We've got a couple. We got a bunch. We a a bunch, lot. Well, sure. we can now. Of course, your name is on that prestigious Canadian list too. <laughs> oh, if I if I get to represent my country, the funny awards, I'm I'm happy. They need to have the Canadian Funny Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's what needs to happen. I agree happen. fully. Yeah, it should be the Canadian Funny Olympics versus the American. <laughs> Oh, I'd I'd be there front row. That would be so much fun. That sounds pretty incredible. So much fun. 
Well, anyway, Mr. Glickman, you are, I don't even have to ask, uh, well, what's next for you? Opening up for CeeLo Green. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Good things in the future. Lots of lots of good funny stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, our uh, our movie comes out tomorrow, and um, it's out uh, August twenty seventh, and on Tubi, and it's exclusive to the to the app. And um, I can't wait for uh, for people to watch it. I mean, and also there's no subscription, you know, fee. It's uh, it's you know, it's free to watch. So. Uh, yeah, go check out Tales of a Fifth Grade Robin Hood. Exactly. Go check it out. And so now how can we follow you uh, on all the wonderful projects that you're doing? Maybe you buy some tables from you uh, from the Glickman Collection. <laughs> <laughs> you can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S-E-P-H-E-N, Glickman, um, G-L-I-C-K-M-A-N. That's on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, um TikTok at Stephen K. Glickman, okay. and then um, over uh, over on my, I have a podcast called The Nighttime Show, uh, which we just did our 200th episode of the show with Kevin Smith, and uh, that is out now, and you can just, if you want to check that out, it's just thenighttimeshow.com. Okay, well, we cannot miss you, whether it's stage, music, television, film, podcast, Next thing has to be a book coming soon or something to that effect. Oh, man. The book. The book. Yeah. Yes, the book. Well, <laughs> well, Stephen, you have been such a delight. Thank you for ask, answering that long question that I've had about the Canadians being funny. <laughs> and, uh, oh, no, you're great. Thanks for the, thanks for all the fun questions. Oh yeah. I like to have a lot of fun. I, I used to hang around a lot of stand up comics and it just never did not rub off on me. So, uh, just, you guys are so much fun all the time, but anyway, tales of a fifth grade Robin hood tubby on the tubby go download it everybody everybody's got an app store or whatever on i can't keep up with all the phones just go to your cell phone you know what to do from there so anyway i would love for you to come back on the show at any time especially when you get if you have time to do press for the the tour whenever that starts with you and CeeLo. you bet sounds good okay we'll enjoy the rest of your weekend okay all right, have a good one. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we have just a little bit of, yeah, we got some time left here. And so I have two auditions I want to tell you about and share with you. So grab your pen and paper or your favorite iPhone if you've got a stylus, however you do it, to take down these notes. Uh, first audition. There is a new reality television show, and they are looking for... Americans who are packing it up. They've already bought a house in another country, a dream home in another country. If that is you, can I go with you? Just kidding. Not really. But yeah, I, I would like to go with you. But anyway, if you are an American and you have bought uh, your dream home in another country, and you're just going to leave everything behind and go to your dream location, uh, maybe the house is a fixer upper, or maybe it's already fixed up, but no matter where it is, it can be in Europe or Asia or South America or Mexico, wherever. If this is a place that is 
out of America, another country, and you have already purchased your property. Uh, this new reality show, the producers are looking for people like you. Uh, it will be, uh, shown on a major streaming network. Don't know which one it doesn't say. And again, they are looking for Americans who are leaving to go uh, purchase, or maybe you've already purchased and you're going to renovate a property in another country. It's kind of sort of similar to you know, the hit show House Hunters, House Hunters International. That's one of my favorite shows on HGTV. It was kind of sort of like that. Um, they're going to be filming what happens before, during, and how it happens after you get there. And if you are selected, you will get paid. This is a cool opportunity. Not only will you get to go and start your new life in your dream home, but you might get selected to be a part of this television show. So if that's you, or maybe if you know someone that has uh, plans on doing such a thing, uh, send an email to this email address, buyingabroadcasting at gmail.com. And in the uh, email box, put attention, Ashley, A-S-H- L-E-Y, attention, Ashley. And again, it's buying a broad casting at gmail.com attention Ashley in the subject box now they don't say uh, what they want you to do I guess you can just send the email and say hey I heard this announcement about uh, you're doing a new reality show I am one of those people we've already bought our property in whatever country and we're going to renovate it or we're just going to move straight into it and then they can take it from there the producers will so good luck on that And uh, if you need help on, if you don't have time to write this down right now, always write us info at filmfestivalradio.com and we'll send you the details. Okay, uh, number two, America's Got Talent. Yay, America's still got talent. The hit TV show, they are searching nationwide for their next season of talented contestants. For 2022, this is, of course, the only talent competition television show that is open to any age person, any talent, age group, talent group, all of that. Well, as I said, they have they are making the announcement of uh, looking for new contestants for the new season, and they are accepting online video auditions. Okay, yes, because of that wild and ugly thing uh, known as COVID-19. But let's not despair. I think having online auditions is really helpful because sometimes people just can't make it in person. But, but this is a footnote. The show will possibly, possibly uh, be hitting the road uh, in the fall where they will have open casting calls like they normally do possibly, but because, you know, everything is kind of up in the air, but anyway, they are currently again, accepting video auditions online for those people who are interested. Okay. And, and here's another footnote. If you are a part of a group, pay attention to this one really closely. If you are a group or a part of a group, you can send the producers an older video of your group performing, whether you're an acrobatic group or singing group, dance group, whatever. So they will take an older video before COVID hit 
of your group performing. And they will also accept online, um, uh, an online edition of your group, you know, if you guys, a recent one as well, guys and gals. So this is what you need to do. Whatever your situation is, if you want to send your video into America's Got Talent, the website to do all of this is America's Got Talent auditions.com. That's it. All of the information, all the details are right there. America's Got Talent auditions with an s.com. And there you will find everything that you need and uh, send it in, get it done. I might have you on the show if you are selected and you might win. Who knows? We've had a lot of people, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, as you've watched the show, a lot of people who have won that show has, have gone on to have residencies here in Vegas. So yeah, this is your thing. Okay. Is that it? I think that is it. That's going to do it for this edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Thank you to all of our guests, both of our guests uh, on the show. Uh, Make sure that you support their uh, projects, their films, their books. Uh, Go and tune in the Nevada City Film Festival. Uh, That's NevadaCityFilmFestival.com. And look at some of the fine movies that they have showcased uh, now until all the way to September 12th. So we will see you guys on next Saturday. So have a great rest of the weekend and an even better week. And we'll see you next week on Film Festival Radio. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.